Due to the adult nature of our content, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the You Went to Basement. I'm your host, the Mighty Quinn, <laughs> out here in the armpit of Utah, the You Went to Basin. Yes, we're back and we're up and running tonight. It's a beautiful night in the basin. You know, the crickets are uh, flowing and uh, so am I. Uh, yeah, had the family over tonight, uh, had a good dinner with everybody, did a a Good old traditional pot roast tonight. Yeah, come right out of the crock pot that I put on at 6 o'clock in the morning because you guys know me. I get up early and uh, <laughs> rock and roll, you know. I mean, uh, uh, 4.30 in the morning is when I start my day. The dog's got to get fed, man. Uh, I got a Labrador. Uh, uh, he's a yellow lab. He's awesome. My Duke. He, uh, he's getting up there in the age, he's about eight years old, but they're my alarm clock. They get my ass out of bed. I get up, start that coffee, run out to the sauna, crank that old bitch up, get it nice and hot so that when, uh, I'm done exercising, I have a place to come. I've got a, a, a hot tub that I go out and sit in for a little bit and, uh, sauna up yes i do do it in the nude why should i worry about wearing clothes at goddamn five in the morning who the hell is gonna peek over this six foot trump wall that i built (laughs) yes i'm a jack of many trades um uh i started out right out of high school um uh, i worked for uh, a couple moving companies, Mayflower Moving, I think was the company. Uh, I'm I don't have to pen, do like code names for this company, but uh, because uh, the owner that lived out here, he has passed away. And, uh, rest rest in peace, you know. Uh, um, but uh, I worked my ass off, you know. Uh, Zion's Bank hired us to move. From one place to another. And I'll tell you what. Filing cabinets with paper. Are some of the heaviest motherfucking things. That I have ever lifted. Especially when you're going up and down stairs. But. uh, I did that. You know. Little odds and ends. Uh, I worked. uh, uh, As a gunsmith. I spent a year and a half. Building guns. Um, that's where I picked up TIG welding, um, all the recoil lugs on the f- famous white system muzzle loaders. Yes, that was me. 
Um, I did a lot of handy stuff while I was there. Um, we had assemblers that put our barrels together and put the springs in the breaching, the, uh, the breach tubes, um, just basically the actions on it and put the stocks on it. But why I was there, I did it all. I blued the guns. I etched the guns. I stamped the serial numbers in it. I welded them. I uh, put the stocks together. I painted the stocks. I hand checkered the stocks. Um, what a great job. Yeah, for five fifty an hour. You know, I mean, we're looking at the 90s. I mean, but shit pay. And I was going nowhere. Nowhere nada. Um, loved it. Uh, worked four tens, had three days off. Um, if you had to work overtime, it was definitely on a Friday. You know, uh, you can go in and, and basically, you know, get your 10 hours in that day if you wanted to, or if you wanted to work till noon. So it was kind of a good deal, but yeah, granted five fifty an hour, time and a half, you know, I was making do. So not a lot of people realize I got married at a young age got married at 18 years old my wife was 16 turning 17 at the time um, uh, the doctor said that we were in love <laughs> no regrets no regrets at all uh, we got married um, March of my senior year so I had a few more uh, months left until I graduated I stuck it out worked a part-time job uh, busting tires at the local uh, uh, tire store you know uh, changing oil and meddled around with welding mufflers while I was there for some reason I picked up welding I did uh, real well in school with it um, I grew up on the 80 acre farm that uh, my grandfather had purchased. Um, we did a lot of welding on equipment. And, and so, boom, get my welding start right there. You know, we jumped out and uh, I, uh, I've i always had a passion for it. And so, I, I messed around and, and worked for uh, the white system muzzleloaders for probably about a year and a half. And had fun it was like family it was one of those first jobs that you worked and i ended up getting laid off um the company was going in different directions um they didn't need me and so i got laid off and i had tears in my eyes i mean i'm not gonna lie you know um 20 years old 19 19 20 not even 19 i don't think um yeah about 19 years old so from there i moved on i got a job in the city working as a plumber's helper that didn't pan out worked there for about a month month and a half came back out here jumped on uh and I, I know I've talked to you guys about this. You know, I mean, we're do definitely on a few episodes in. But uh, you, you guys got to get the background of the Mighty Quinn. Or 
you have no idea where I'm coming from. You know, I'm just trying to get out there and get my voice heard. But uh, I work Derek's on a, a workover rig. And if you guys are not familiar with uh, workover rig, um, drilling rig comes in, drills a hole, and workover rig comes in and completes the hole. They put all the uh, equipment down hole and get it set up for um, production so that they can haul the oil off to the refinery in a simple way. Um, work Derek's hated it. The old guys treated me like shit. Yeah. Um, probably made me into the person that I am now though. Um, pretty grateful. And when I'm teaching somebody at work, I'll go the extra goddamn mile because what do I got to lose? These guys are out here to help me out. Um, I worked on that rig and I fucked up. I was working 75 foot in the air at the tubing board. We were taking heat trace off of a string of pipe that was coming out of the hole. And I had to take tin snips and cut the banding. And then it went around this great big roll. So, why it was going around this roll, I was hooking up a clevis. Now, a clevis is like a, a great big U. Uh, it, it, it's like a horseshoe with a bolt that goes through the end of it, the open end. And we use this for rigging and picking up things. Well, I'm 75 foot in the air. And I've got this clevis, and this clevis is probably an uh, inch and a half diameter. And the bolt that goes back through it is probably about four to five inches long and about three quarters of an inch in diameter. So I'm putting this clevis through this, this hole, and I accidentally drop the pin. Below me is two hands. It goes between them. I totally shook my head. I knew I screwed up. So I'm up there and I'm like, oh, this ain't good. I'm glad I missed everybody. It could have killed somebody with the velocity of it falling down through the derrick. Here comes my driller. He crawls up the ladder. 75 foot in the air, not tied off. He comes over to me and says, Boy, you're not cut out for this uh, roughnecking. I was worked up. I looked at him. I says, I guess I'm fucking not. He goes, What? What did you said? You need this job. I said, The hell I do. He says, No, you need this job. Well, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm 30 miles out in the desert from anywhere. I got to suck it up. I got to suck it up right now and finish this job. So we finished a, a trip, and then I crawled out of the derrick, and I went down to the uh, doghouse. And when you're what you call the worm, low man on totem pole, I... Uh, 
told him I was going to clean the doghouse. The doghouse is just a chain shack that they um, call uh, the doghouse in the oil field. So I, I get down into that doghouse and I start packing all my clothes. Because you're greasy and grimy and you have what you call greasers in the oil field. They're not just regular clothes that you wear in and out into your pickup trucks and on the way home. you got to change into them. They're greasy and you usually have to take them to the laundromat to get them washed because uh, you're not going to put that shit in your own house. But so uh, needless to say, when the job was over I jumped in the pickup truck they drove me home and when I got out of the pickup truck I looked at the operator and I told him it's been nice but not that nice two weeks later he comes over and gives me a huge check (laughs) and I laughed I was like Jesus I probably should have stuck that out a little bit but uh no it wasn't for me Uh, a lot of back labor um a lot of attitude old school oil field uh techniques and things changed quite drastically after that um i thought you know what i'll never work in the goddamn oil field again so oh i jumped on a a job site building concrete walls at a jailhouse in duchene they started building the jailhouse there and i worked for a company bunch of carpenters um i think half of them were drug addicts piece of shits because for some reason we had to go on breathalyze every day before we came to work because these guys couldn't come to work sober learned just enough to say you know what i like carpentry work i know how to finish concrete but (laughs) i'm not gonna do this for a living so uh, threw in a few applications down at Salt Lake, landed an apprenticeship at Local 69. Great number. <laughs> great number. Great local. Um, can't complain. I uh, uh, ended up uh, working out there for four years until I journeyed out. I journeyed out, got on the executive board, loved every minute of the union style. It was a fun job, fun people, great family, you know, can't complain. Um, I had a buddy, um, Mr. Sam. I'm not going to th- throw him under the bus and put his last name in. Um, talked me into uh, being a welder's help, um, welder's helper in the oil field. And after... Um, I came out here. I worked about a year and a half. They give me a welding position. And I worked my ass off as a welder. I had such a good time. Pipelining, building tank batteries, working on drilling rigs, building anything that the oil field has to offer, man. I'm on top of the world. Love it. Love it. And welders decided that they're going to quit that I'm working around, become contractors, make more money. And before you know what, I land a lead welding job with the company that I'm currently working for right now. Um, Kicked ass, took names, and decided that it wasn't going in the direction that I wanted. Uh, 
was offered a job with a gas services as a facility in compressors and gas plants. Love it. Great job. Great job. Uh, but we went through a drastic of uh, layoffs and here and there. No problems. I uh, always will put on different hats. I'm uh, currently on the pipeline. I'm a gas operator for the pipelines in the oil field. And so I maintain all the, uh, the condensates and liquids that come through the pipelines, the dexterity, any leaks, any projects that come my way. I'm, I'm a part of that. So yes, I'm currently in the oil field, a little bit drastic from working in the union, but I had the best of both worlds. And you know what? I have the ability to work. Um, my, my, uh, grandpa, my father, we're a line of workers, my, both my grandfather's line of workers, you know, and I have the ability to jump in there and uh, get the job done. I'm 45 years old, old son of a bitch, but uh, um, I like to teach. I like to teach what I have to my children and, and let it rub off and let them become uh, guys that, uh, or guys, let them become individuals that uh, dad has taught them to work. It's a good deal. I uh, don't have any complaints. You know, I've been able to uh, buy one house, turn around, uh, have another one built, landscape yards. Now, granted, I suck. I suck at exterior uh uh design um if if i'm not creative in that matter i can fabricate anything with steel and wood but when it comes to like yards i look at people's yards and you're like they got decorative curving they got the turns left and right and they got this tree and this tree I just don't picture that shit. And I don't watch enough TV to get hit, get in on the DIY programs. But, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, uh, something that uh, keeps you working pretty hard. And I have a lot of respect for the landscapers that uh, are out there in the world. I, I think that, uh, you know... They got brilliant ideas in their heads. That's all I can say. God damn it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, that's a, just a little chapter of my life. And, and uh, you know, I've I've been there, seen a, seen a few things over the years. You know, I, I, I took a job offer in Craig, Colorado at a powerhouse. I worked on a powerhouse for damn near a year as uh, when I was insulating. Uh, fun job. 350 insulators on that job. I got there. I was 30-year apprentice. They uh, said that uh, they'd pay me journeyman wages if I went up there. Plus $250 a week uh, per diem. Um, hotels at the time. I can get a hotel up there for $23 a night. I was banking money on 410s, man. 
Good shit. Um, Party Town. Um, I had guys from Albuquerque come in there and say, Apprentice, piss in a bottle for me. And I looked at him and I says, You know what? I don't know who the hell you are. I ain't pissing in no goddamn bottle. These guys acted like they were going to kill me. The local guys from Denver come in. Hold on, I gotta get a drink here. My mouth was getting a little dry there. <clears throat> but the local guys come in from Denver and they were the main union guys. They stood behind me because my work ethic and jumped in and said, you know what? If this kid doesn't want to piss in a bottle, you guys go on with your bad selves. So, they went on with their bad selves. <laughs> uh, fun job, though. But one thing I didn't realize, Craig, Colorado, in the middle of the winter, gets 50 to 60 degrees below zero. They let us work for 15 minutes, and then you'd warm up. Real productive. Real productive. It uh, gives the union a great, great reputation. But I don't know what you do because you got yourself a diesel aerial lift. It's not going to run at 56. I don't care how much heat it's got. It's not going to run at 56, 60 degrees below zero. So a lot of the guys would get their two-hour show-up time because we got paid two hours show-up time. And then they'd go to the bar, drink the rest of the day. Well, me, went to the hotel room, watched a few movies. <laughs> I was young, dumb, and just off of a DUI. Yeah, not my brightest moments, 21 years old. But I did get the Dewey Award wasn't nice i was on a golf outing with the company that i was working with with in salt lake city we'd been working at the point of the mountain at micron um, and they build microchips for computers and i landed a project up there with the company i was working with and what a great job. One of the best jobs I've ever had in my life. I always will talk about that. You can go outside at your break time. At the time, I uh, smoked cigarettes, so I'd go out with the guys and have a smoke. A little stogie. And then look up on the hill and Alpine Highline. That mountain at the point of the mountain there. The bucks up there. The deer. They're amazing. Nobody can hunt them. They're fenced in. Micron owns all that shit. Huge 30 inch bucks, drop tines, cheaters, just all the junk in the trunk. And they look at you all day like, what are you going to do? I love that shit. I loved it. It was so much fun. And then the stock market dropped. They threw us out of there and we were out of there. But anyhow, I was telling you that I was golfing. Um, the owner of the company says, you know what, you guys kicking ass and taking aims. Let's get your ass up to the Spanish Oaks golf course in Spanish, Fo Spanish Fork uh, Canyon. It's right at the mouth, Spanish Fork. Dude, I was so into this shit. It was Memorial Weekend, getting off early. 
we get an extended weekend. So it's almost like, you know, a three, three and a half day weekend because we're going to go golf. We're leaving early at noon and, and we're getting off. Um, I decide to celebrate, celebrate, celebrate the moment. And we uh, go down to the old Chevron gas station that was located just west of Micron, right across I-15. You went under I-15, and I think there's a Burger King there now. And it, No, I think it's the Iceberg now. But uh, at the time, it was a Burger King, and... I went in there, and if you guys are not familiar with the Dirty 30, I'm going to explain. I walked in there, and Bush Light Beer had just come out with the 30-pack. The 30-pack is what you, we call the Dirty 30 because there's a lot of beer in that son of a bitch. Now, everybody makes 30-packs now. At the time, they were the only ones. You could pick that sucker up for fourteen ninety nine. This is the year nineteen ninety nine, I believe, when I uh, landed that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I go down there and buy that thirty pack, and I'm still twenty thirty minutes from Spanish Forks Golf Course. Do you know how many beers you can drink from the point of the mountain to Spanish Fork? I guarantee I at least got eight in. I get there and I'm golfing with all these guys that actually have experience. They go two or three times in Salt Lake City the week, in during the week. And I'm somebody that's been golfing less than six times. So I'm just going for the fun of it. The drinking sport, let's just call it. I get up there. I grab a cart with a, a good buddy, and and we start driving around. I had to rent clubs. I don't even own clubs at this time. So we start going around. He's acting all professional and everything. And I was like, I'll drive the cart then if you're going to act professional. So I'm sitting there, and a ball comes flying comes down towards my cart and I was like this jackass almost hit me which the ball was probably 100 foot from us so I decided I'm gonna be an asshole because I've been drinking I go grab the ball I put it in my pocket I'm sitting there we're watching these guys putt and the guy comes running over to me and he's like you see my ball no, I haven't seen your goddamn ball. Dude, we sat and watched you. You picked up our ball. No, I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. Dude, we watched you pick up our ball. I says, I think you're up in the night, man. He's like, whatever. So he walks away, and I throw that goddamn ball right at him, hit him right square in the back. The guy that I'm with turns to me and is like, what the fuck is your problem, dude? I was like, a jackass is being a dick. Now I'm 21, full of testosterone. Wanting to fight at any given minute because I've been drinking. Being a dumbass. Luckily, we didn't get into a fight. 
The guy walked off, did his own thing, and I decided that I wasn't any good at golfing, but I was great at drinking, so (laughs) I powered down some more beer. Yeah, this was great. So my buddy that's riding with me, he's out golfing, and I see this sand trap, and I think, fuck it. Let's see what this goddamn golf cart's got. I put that son of a bitch in gear. Fucking hauled ass. Jumped. Caught air. Shit yeah. Shit yeah. Shit yeah. That was badass. Come back. And the partner that I'm with is like, what the fuck is the matter with you? You're a piece of shit. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you went off that jump. You lost all my clubs. I have got $2,500 worth of golf clubs right there. I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. He's like, no. What the fuck is the matter with you? And I was like, dude, I'm sorry. Well, if you know the mighty Quinn, I'll apologize twice. I usually don't apologize that third time. He looks at me and he's like, I can't believe you. It's fucking stupid what you did. I looked at him and I says, you spent twenty-five fucking hundred dollars on a goddamn pair of golf clubs. Who's stupid now? He said, "Ah, dude, 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 dude. I got some extra beers in my in my bag over there. Let's just mellow out. All right, I mellowed out. Drink the extra beers that he handed to me. By the time we got back to the truck, I didn't even give a shit about golfing. I got back there." We'd killed that 30-pack, and I decided I'm going to drive home. Now, driving home from Spanish Fork to Roosevelt, you get to what we call the Bamberg Turnoff. That's the local people, but uh, the Emma Park Road, and it's cut off and gets you off the main road. I thought, as soon as I can make it, I'm home free. Head down to Indian Canyon. I'm home. I'm seasoned at this shit. I've been doing this for uh, three years. <laughs> yeah. So I'm driving home, and apparently somebody called me in for swerving. Imagine that. They they call me in and tell me what a goddamn dumbass I am I see a highway patrol he whips around he pulls me over he comes up to my window and he says you been drinking I looked at him I was like I'm not gonna lie yeah I had one or two (laughs) he kind of gives me a smirk mind stepping out of the vehicle no problem he gets out there it gives me the sobriety test. And at 21 years old, I did pretty goddamn good. I tripped up a little bit when they make you walk the straight line. Just just a hair. And I think he was going with it until they gave me the breathalyzer. I blew a .159. Twice the legal limit, pretty much. Not good. And, you know, it was .08 at the time. I don't know what the fuck it is now because I got a CDL. I think it's damn near zero for me. 
but uh they uh they uh arrest me after the the breathalyzer ask me if i have any knives or needles in my pocket and i uh told him no he says i'm gonna ask you again do you have any knives or needles in your pocket oh yeah yeah yeah. i reached down and in my pocket i have my grandfather's knife it's probably two and a half inches long it's an old timer it's what he used to cut the bells of hay the strings off of them when he fed and when he passed away that's the knife that i i really wanted you know so yeah it's in my pocket i uh hand that to him they decided to rub my nose in the asphalt to arrest me now i don't I realized that this time I'm the one that screwed up. You can go on with police brutality and whatnot, but I'm the one that fucked up. I shouldn't have got behind the wheel. I was drunk. I know better than this. So they arrest me. Instead of throwing me in the back seat, they put me in the front seat. We're going to bullshit our way from the Emma Park turnoff. Price City. So I get to Price City. They get out. And at this time, oh yeah, I'm obnoxious as all hell because I'm drunk. They decide they're going to print me. I decide that I'm going to be cute and take the smiley pictures in my mugshot because <laughs> it's not really that fun of a deal but yeah i'm gonna take a smiley face on this one i'm not even mad i'm just having a good time now the jailer turns to me and she says so here's your pillow and here's your blanket they give you this this blanket and i swear it's what you use in a u-haul to cover up your uh uh boxes and shit but uh I was like, is that it? Can I get two? She's like, oh, I think we can handle that. So they buzz me out of the the booking area, and they tell me, go down the hall. Your uh, cell's on the right. So it goes, and you walk down the hall. I'm walking down the hall, and that hallway's got a garage door at the end with a light at the end of the tunnel. You can look out into Price City literally it was like uh do i run no i knew better than that so i pull into my cement jail cell and start laying on the bench and i'm thinking what have i got myself into they buzz me and say you got one phone call so i call my wife and she says, I've had dinner ready for at least an hour and a half. Where the hell are you? I said, you're not going to like this. I'm in jail. She says, okay. So she's mad. 
and I figured we'd uh, end the call there. I went back to my jail cell, tucked my tail, grabbed my extra blanket, pulled it over my head, went to sleep. Now, I'm dreaming, and all at once I hear, Mr. Cole. And I go, yes, Lord. Mr. Cole, you have a visitor. I come to, and I'm looking at this stainless steel shitter toilet in front of me, and I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm glad I didn't have to use that. And I was like, where the hell am I? The door goes, and opens. I walk down the hall, and I run right into my wife and my best friend. She had drove down to bail my ass out five hours later in Price City. Granted, this is the first time I had ever been to Price in my life. She come down there. She told the, the jailer that I was a dumbass, and I'm not traveling any further. I came down to get his ass. I'm taking him home. He's in trouble. They let me go. She posted bail. It was not something that I could afford at the time. It wasn't great. My friend helped me out, um, helped bail me out. He had some money. Uh, thank God for him. Um, and then we went back and immediately I said that I'd screwed up. And I won't let that happen again. And needless to say, I don't drink and drive anymore. That's my Dewey Award. That's something that uh, I'm not proud of. Um, (laughs) I could not get community service. I could not get jail serve time. They awarded, they took my license away for uh, three months at the time. And I did not get issued SR-22 insurance. But I had to do community service. And I did my community service with the forest service and after i was done there they offered me a job (laughs) i laughed at him it's great to have people acknowledge that uh, you are a worker Um, i learned my lesson i had to take a layoff from that job but yeah i'm not a drinking driver anymore i uh, definitely have changed quite quite drastically but uh I still, uh, I'm waiting for people to start posting their uh, trophies online, though. It's uh, getting to the point where hunting is full-blown, and I want to see that shit. Let's go to the Uinta Basin, basement. Uinta Basement. Let's correct myself. Man, I'm still having a hard time doing that, you know. A few episodes in, and, and can't pronounce it right. What the fuck is the matter with me <laughs> uh you went to basement uh podcast on facebook i also am at uh you went to underscore basement on instagram you can get a hold of me on that uh um i'm also a part of the pod community out there with the other podcasts and what that is is uh us promoting each other I'm going to bring that up on multiple podcasts. You've heard it before. Um, Get out there and listen to some of these. Uh, uh, This week, uh, uh, I've been uh, going back and starting uh, hard talks with a blonde and a hippie. And 
those guys are great. They have some good, uh, good stories. Um, I relate to a lot of them. Um, just at a younger self, I'm, I'm a little bit older than them now, but, uh, they have some hard knock lives that they, that they, they want to get their stories out there. And, and it's, it's fun to listen to them. Um, the other side of the beehive salute to, uh, Angel and, and Justin Simmons and Brian Milano. Um, yeah. Um, they have been mentors to me. Um, they're going to, uh, use their influences to help the rest of the pod community. Um, Drea Rocker on Unrestricted. Uh, he's great. Dre Rocker. Yeah, Dre Rocker. You got to be quick with that. It's the glottal stop when you when you say to Dre Rocker. Yeah. Um, he's the pod father, man. He gets us out here. But we're trying to keep it all local. And what these podcasts don't have is a lot of sponsors jumping in and paying our bills and, and paying for our microphones and, and stuff like that. So basically we're doing it on our own and we're trying to get out there and, uh, put our content out and express ourselves and be, um, artists out there and creators. So, um, the 27th hour, the hour continues Highline Tattoo, those guys put together a, a great podcast. Um, sit down and listen to it. Um, Lake Talk uh, 801, they're amazing as well. Um, Beans and Rice, I'm slowly getting into those guys. Um, yeah, check out some of these guys, man. Um, it's a lot better than listen to some of the shit that's on the radio right now uh these guys are getting out there you know we're not all proper and we're not all politically correct and we might say something that sounds stupid but you could call us out on it just get with these guys follow them if you get on any one of my uh platforms on social media i'll share i'll definitely share the people that i've been listening to and try to put their podcasts out there, the links that you can get a hold of. And yeah, they're fun to listen to. So um, I don't have any good pet peeves right now. Um, I do know that uh, some of the local people um, salute to uh, Brian Daniels uh, with the community right now. He gathered up with his family a great big cleanup for the local trail called carnage now in high school we called it stoner ridge that's where everybody used to go to get stoned (laughs) slough school and whatnot maybe drink a few beers there but uh they've turned it into a biking uh a mountain bike range where it's got single track and double track and a lot of obstacles it's a great fun out there but what has happened over the years is people think it's a dumping ground and they go out there and dump all their trash this shit does not go good for me 
I think it's ridiculous that you can go out there and you guys start believing in some of the karma and let it haunt you a little bit when you start dumping your trash like that. There's uh, plenty of places to dump. Um, yeah, it might cost you five bucks. What's five bucks or $1,500 for a littering ticket? I mean, good God. But these guys went out there, and what I'm reading is with K&K Sanitation and the people that worked with the equipment, they put 120,000 pounds of garbage away. That's pretty unreal. Hats off to you guys, man. Thank you for cleaning up my trail. Um, wish I could have been there with you guys. Uh, that's an amazing accomplishment. Um, I Brian's a great person. Thank you. Thank you for what you do in the community. Um, and moving on, uh, MTV Awards. What is up with Machine Gun Kelly? He decides that he's tough enough to take on uh, Conor McGregor? I mean, my good hell. Is he asking for a death wish? I mean, this guy has been trained to be a killer. And you're going to call him on? I mean, how dumb are you? Yes, just because you're with Megan Fox doesn't mean that you're the baddest son of a bitch out there. And just because your last name is Machine, or you call yourself Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Get it together. Get it together. But I was just putting this solo cast together um, to... Uh, just uh, relieve you guys in the middle of the week, you know. Uh, that way, uh, maybe I could put out a couple uh, episodes during the week and do a solo one to just uh, bullshit and, and uh, maybe bore your ear off a little bit. <laughs> but if you guys need to get a hold of me, uh, I'm at eskimo.cole at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook as Quinn Cole. Um, you can get on the Uinta Basement podcast as my group on Facebook. Yes, it is private. We are explicit is why. We put uh, dirty shit out there. We say fuck shit, damn, goddamn, sons of bitches, and sons of bitches, and shit like that. Uh, we don't want any of your kids actually mocking what we do for a living. <laughs> it's not like we're getting paid anyways. But uh, no, we're explicit content because I do speak my mind. And um, but yeah, get a hold of us on on those two formats there. And then uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, you can get me at Eskimo three four eight one. I know this bores the shit out of you, but you can get me on Uinta underscore Basement and get a hold of me. Tell me what you think. Tell me that we suck. I know. These uh, last few podcasts, man, have been shaky. Uh, the last one we put out, uh, the the damn sound sucked. But you get through this and you record for an hour. And then you're like, oh, shit. I got to edit that? Let's just get it out there. Let's get some content. And let's get better at what we do. Get better equipment. And, you know... Hopefully you guys just stick it out with me. 
Um, we've got some good based reviews. Um, I did hear uh, that if you eat at B's uh, bar over in Vernal, um, their noon hour, the steak and potatoes are amazing. Get out there. Try that place. I haven't been over there. I need to get over there. There's getting to be a lot of uh, uh, gut trucks out there, um, you know, enclosed trailers that people are cooking out of. Uh, one of my personal favorites, and I think it needs to be on the map here in Utah so everybody has an idea that there is a goddamn brewery in Vernal. Yes. And you can buy the, the damn beer at the liquor store in any Utah state liquor store or in majority of the grocery stores has it. Vernal Brewing Company is amazing. And I recommend Misbehaven. Misbehaven. Yep, yep. Misbehaven. Like the state of Utah, the hives. And I, that's a honey based uh, beer. And uh, she's a peach. She's a peach is an, an amazing beer. And it's a hit. With all my lady friends too, so, and you know what, I'm looking at uh, analytics on this podcast, and we've got 20 percent out there that are uh, women's uh, that are watching me, watching me. Uh, that sounds a little bit conceited. We got 20 percent of an audience from women, and I uh, I'd love to boost the ratings up. So if uh, we can get uh, a few ladies on here to uh, actually change people's opinions and everything, and make sure that it's just not one hundred percent guy talk, I want to hear some of that girl smut too. <laughs> All right, well, the mighty Quinn is uh, going to check out of this project tonight. So uh, you guys enjoy your evenings. And I'm out of here.